Welcome to Greatness Mindside. I am Dr. Aisha Al Sheikh. I'm a medical scientist and researcher, turned therapist, coach, mentor, and business entrepreneur. Greatness Mindsight is a podcast that brings you motivational and authentic messages from incredibly inspiring and extraordinary people, where I dive in and deconstruct their mind to explore different aspects of their lives from entrepreneurship and leadership to motivation, fears, and how they overcame their struggles, tackled their inner demons, and overcame adversity. This show dissects the psychology behind their successes to help you discover and unlock your inner potential and give the most effective tips, advice, and lessons that you can emulate or apply in your own life, especially if you are just starting your entrepreneurial journey. Each week, I bring you an inspiring and extraordinary person, so keep yourself updated with the latest episodes by subscribing now to this podcast. A minute is a plenty of time. Think of how much you can achieve in one minute. You can call someone in one minute. You can text someone in one minute. You can post in one minute. You can email in one minute. Think of how much you can achieve in one minute. Now apply that to business and think how much you can achieve in one hour, then in one day, then in one year, then in 10 years. Time is just a perception to quantify progress. You are the only person who can quantify your own progress. By Lewis Evatt. This is episode two and I'm thrilled for this episode because I've got a very inspiring and extraordinary young serial entrepreneur and investor. His name is Lewis Abbott. The 22 years old Lewis, who is an ex-professional rugby player, founded his first company at the age of 18 after suffering from a knee injury that snapped his knee in half and ended his uh, professional rugby career. This inspiring young entrepreneur not only founded five other successful companies, but his perseverance and determination allowed him to get back into rugby again and was signed for Bridge North Rugby Football Club in a semi-professional league and played in Bournemouth Sevens Festival. Alongside rugby, Lewis have taken up mixed martial arts and cage fighting and have won an MMA fight by first round knockout only 18 months since his operation. So let's dive into this episode. Uh, it's a great honor to have you. I would like to just start off by asking you about like your story. Why, not just about your story, but what made you go down the entrepreneurial path uh, at such yeah. a young age? Uh, and what was it that moment that made you decide, you know what, I'm going to take that risk and dive in. What was that incident or that moment that made you just like, I'm going to go establish my own company? Yeah, so I guess my story is a little bit different to uh, most people my age, most people even even close to my age, I suppose. So um, I always was fascinated from a young age with playing rugby. I always loved to play rugby sport in general. I've always been probably leaning more towards the athlete or sports person side route rather than like an academic, um, like like yourself, I suppose. Um, 
And so basically, when I was 15, I was uh, good enough, I suppose, and got the opportunity to uh, get given a professional contract for a premiership rugby club when I was 15. Uh, so I moved away uh, and lived in a place called Leicester in the UK uh, to play professional rugby. So this was essentially myself and like 10 to 12 of a uh, of a lads all living in a house together, um, moving away for the first time from home. So I live a couple of hours away from there. But there were lads, you know, from uh, up and down north and south of the country. Um, so as you can imagine, you know, it's quite an experience moving away from home at that age, quite quite early, considering you know most people normally move away when they're going to university. Um, but when so I was, I was playing for a sort of a few years in that environment, and my normal day would be getting up at five a.m. Uh, going to the gym, uh, going to college, and then sort of training straight after school, after college um, until like nine, ten in the evening, eat and literally sleep. And that was my life for three years. Um, and I loved it. I loved it at the time. Um, it was great. Some of the mates that I made, my teammates, sort of some of my best mates. And um, the closest thing I can probably compare it to, not that I know what the comparison is, but it's maybe being like in the army. Um, or something like that. Those lads are sort of who I was spending hours on end with, sort of more than my own family, um, and I consider them sort of my brothers. Uh, but when I was 18, I was just about to, due to have my contract extended, um, I was playing up in Leeds, um, and I basically snapped my knee in half. So I was playing rugby um, and snapped my knee in half. Uh, literally, that's not a... Um, exaggeration my, my, my knee was literally like from the joint dislocated all gone done and, and in a split second like my life pretty much changed forever and um, the route that I thought I was going down to play professional rugby for the rest of my life or you know as my career mm. was no longer going to happen um so that to answer your question that was sort of the defining moment in my life some people you know it's um it's it's a moment that happens for me it was like a split second um, and from there, I uh, realised very quickly that probably the time that I spent messing about in college, because all I wanted to do was play rugby all day, probably should have spent a little bit more time trying harder, uh, get better qualifications, that sort of thing. So I had, I basically had no qualifications. Mm. Um, the injury happened in the time when I was just due to sit my A-levels. Um, I did want to go to uni and play as well like prior to that, but obviously didn't, didn't have the ability to do that now. I was pretty much bedridden um, while, while my exams were going on. And that sort of uh, said to me that I, I didn't really want to pursue the, the academic path, um, not just because I couldn't, but that probably wasn't for me. Um, so from there, uh, like I, I basically thought to myself, you know, I've got to do something quickly, um, else, else I'm not going to be doing anything at all. Um, obviously quite a hard time in my life with basically my life had just changed. Yeah, dealing with a lot of different emotions and thoughts and that sort of thing. But the best way I thought to, to combat that was to, to get a, get back at what I, I was best at. And what I was best at is, is sort of, uh, use this phrase, workhorse, like just getting to work, getting it done and not really complaining. Um, so I started a company um, called Rooflight Solutions, which is basically architectural glazing. Um, sounds a bit different and a bit weird compared to what I was doing before, but basically... Um, I got the opportunity to, to raise some money um, that, I, that I basically earned playing rugby. And this opportunity arose through various channels to, to start this company called Roof Light Solutions. Uh, How old were you uh, uh, roughly at, then, at that age? 
How old was, were you? Roughly? I was 18 at that time. Oh. So I was, I was literally sitting in bed, not able to walk uh, after my operation um, with a laptop, just thinking, what can I do to make money? I looked at FF. That's amazing. I looked at, yeah, I, look, I mean, I looked at the, like, the get-rich-quick schemes, like, you know, Forex, stuff like that. And I just thought, you know, it's, it's not for me. I need, I need to try something a bit more substantial and build it up. And, and Roofite Solutions uh, runs this day. It's pretty autonomous, runs from scratch. And that was pretty much the business that allowed me to gain the capital um, and cash flow to invest in various other ventures. Um, I'd consider myself a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, and that, in a nutshell, without going into any more detail is sort of my life so far from that point defining point I've I'd probably say now it's probably the best thing that actually ever happened to me I wouldn't change it for the world now because I'm much happier doing what I'm doing now than, than probably what I would have been playing rugby that's that's impressive you know sometimes things happen to us in life just to re- redirect us in the right way in a way it's amazing what you just told me the story and how you actually went from really being bedridden just on your laptop, trying to actually figure things out rather than just rely on other people and just give up. Because yeah. a lot of athletes who go through this, actually, they go into a lot of psychological cycles in their head, like their life is gone, it's over because that's all they dreamed of. And actually mm-hmm. being able to say, you know what, I'm, I'm sure I can do something better. I take that skills and transfer it to your business having that discipline and having that mindset of, of just keep going and keep trying different yeah. things. That's, that's something really, really admirable. And I, I think it's a good message to send out there to, to young uh, people who actually want to go, go down the entrepreneurial pathway. I know with what's happening nowadays with the COVID-19, and as you said, you, you said you are an, like a serial entrepreneur, probably set up a lot of companies so far and co-founded it with other people. With what's happening now, what are actually the challenges you are facing, honestly? Yeah. And, and and how are you actually coping with it? Because I know a lot of companies are not. And, and, and there is a big challenge. There is a big mental and emotional and financial uh, burden. So what is it that you're actually facing uh, at the moment in terms yeah. of challenges? And how are you actually coping with it? Sure, sure. I mean, I think, I think to start with on, on that point, Aisha, it's... It's a very hard time for everyone and through every industry and sector there in some form or another, everyone is affected, whether that be through good or bad, because there will be, I'm a massive believer that in times of despair like this, there also is a lot of opportunity, yeah. um, especially for digital companies. So my, my marketing agency, Social 90, we're a digital media marketing agency. We're actually busier than we've ever been because more, more people are on their phones, on their laptops than ever because they've got nothing else to do with their day. So people are sitting there scrolling on their phones and that for our clients is good. So we've actually been been busier than ever, as you know. Um, in terms of my other ventures, like Roofite Solutions, for example, which we mentioned, I'll see a lot of sites and construction sites and stuff like that were all furloughed. So we actually had like a, a drought for a month or so, but luckily we have um, a couple of clients who, who are quite loyal to us and you know continue to order product. But obviously in that um, in that industry, people are scared to pay up front because they're scared that you're gonna you you know your business isn't gonna be about and they're gonna lose their money. Um, and that's probably the case in most sectors. To be honest with you, at the moment, there's not a lot of growth going on in most sectors. Um, and that's sort of my main issue is um, 
that you know people haven't been ordering for roof light solutions. Luckily, our overheads um, are quite small and we're very autonomous as a company, and we have a great network of people who we work with, which has really allowed us to, to keep on our feet. Um, we're actually now going into our busy period, which again, you know, if it happened at a different time of year, the out, the outcomes might have been a bit bit worse but luckily we're going into our busy period and you know over the last couple of weeks things have picked up substantially which is great um me personally as a, as sort of a, a businessman is my uh what I, I really am passionate about and what i enjoy in business is really getting face to face with people and speaking to people and meeting people mm-hmm. um and, and being a salesman I, I think i'm a natural salesman um and obviously you know during the wake of the, the pandemic that's obviously not been able to do that. Um, even on Zoom, you know, it's never you're never going to get the same benefit on yeah. Zoom call or something as you would in being face to face with a person. That's just human nature. So, I'd say personally, that's the, the biggest barrier not not being able to link up with people face to face. So that's what you've been like, basically. So if some of your business is going well, it, it, like taking the opportunity of the pandemic and it's actually growing yeah. while the other side of other business is actually going down, but you're actually coping with it because of some of basically some loyal customers you had in the past, which is really yeah. good, like as many people are not, uh, but it's still there's a lot of struggle and people are trying to get, get out and find other solutions for their um, businesses. One question, I, I consider you as a leader, as I consider you as a leader for your actually your age or youth or even as a business entrepreneur who is like at your young age and actually established this company. Mentally, when you're on social media, do you feel the pressure of putting yourself being the best out there and leading the people? Uh, or how do you cope with it and how do you actually improve yourself? To becoming a better yeah. leader to yourself. So, do you, do, do you what do you actually do? So that's yeah. my question to you. Sure. So, I suppose most of the qualities that I've got as an individual are very much made from what we touched upon earlier. I was me, yeah, very young age. I moved away from home. Had to get independent very quickly. I'm extremely close to my family. I'm extremely close to my mum and dad. Um, and they obviously, you know, their qualities rubbed off on me quite a lot. Um, but in terms of, sort of the leadership qualities and, and whether I've developed those at such a young age, it, it was very much a case of I had to develop them. Um, otherwise, I, I wasn't going to be able to be successful. Um, I'm an extremely hungry and, and avid person. You know, I want to do well for myself. Um, you know, I won't settle and, until I do well for myself. Um, and, and that's sort of why I, I think I have those qualities instilled in me because I won't settle for less. And I am a big believer of you really do need to stand out from the crowd in the world we live in at the moment. There will always be someone who um, is trying harder than you, who's developing ideas or skills or being more progressive than you. And if you don't keep up with the crowd, you're going to just get swallowed up in, in the white noise uh, in the white noise of the world, basically. Um, so so that, that's sort of why I think I've, I've got those skills is, as I said, very passionate um, and hungry person. You have to go out and develop those skills if you don't have them. Do you feel the pressure, though? Do you feel the pressure that you have to be a leader? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, one of the biggest questions I get asked for Social 90 is, you know, if it's so easy growing a social media, how come I don't have 100 followers? Um, I've had people ask that me before, and it's not a case of that at all. I don't want, I don't want 100,000 followers because 100,000 followers 
Um, a lot of stuff comes with that. Um, and I for sure, you know, feel the, the pressure, especially from my close friends, Henry, as you know. You know, I've got a massive pressure. He'd tell me that this is stupid, but I've got a massive pressure of someone his age who I know, like, um, you know, he's my best friend to start with. But he looks up to me a lot. So I've got a, a massive pressure to meet certain standards and expectations um, that I set for myself, but then also what other people set for me. Because, you know, if you're doing what I'm doing, and it's not to, you know, be confident or blow or be arrogant or anything like that, but if you were my age and achieved what I've achieved, I've got a high standard that I set for myself by the time I'm 30, by the time I'm 40. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that other people will set that bar for me. And if they don't, I believe in my mind, if they don't see me meeting that, I'll be a bit of a disappointment. Okay. I also want to know what is it that you do or read or listen to if to improve yourself to become a better leader? So what is it that yeah. you're actually doing to improve yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so, so self-development, as you know, I'm always always preaching about self-development and how you can improve yourself as an individual and leadership qualities and, and stuff like that. So uh, podcasts are massive for me. So um, I have a saying that, you know, there's always enough hours in the day for self-development. So that's listening to a podcast, uh, reading, uh, LinkedIn actually now I think is a massive resource where you can uh, find a lot of good information that people are preaching about. Um so, yeah, I mean, I'm big into sort of the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, um, and that's sort of my main resource where I listen and, and learn about leadership, as well as sort of from my mentors. Um, the biggest inspiration to me in terms of a mentor is my dad. Um, sounds a bit cliche, but he was homeless, um, and then he pretty much went from being homeless to quite a successful entrepreneur himself. Um, and he's, he's basically installed uh, quite a lot of the leadership qualities that I have today. So, you know, he's the first person I'm on the phone to if I need advice or um, to, to, to know something. That's amazing, actually. Thanks for, for actually sharing that because it's nice to find out what people think about how do they, their understanding of leadership, where they draw their ideas from. Um, so it's really good to know that. Okay, um, if you have, knowing what you know now, if you yeah. have the chance to restart your career, what would you do differently? Oh, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I'm actually going to probably throw up a controversial, controversial answer. Okay. And uh, I don't want to sort of be, go into a cliche, but I probably wouldn't do anything differently. Um, purely because I've made, I'll put my hand up, I'm the first one to say I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, and sometimes people view mistakes as they shouldn't be made um, or they try to, try to eliminate any possibility of them happening. And, and when I say mistakes, I've, I've made big mistakes. I've made mistakes that have cost me both a lot of money, friends, um, you know, that sort of thing. But in terms of would I do those mistakes differently or would I try not to make them, I'd say no because um, – another one of the things I sort of try to live my life by mistakes are great like absorb them because you learn from them and if you make a, a big mistake I, I guarantee you're a lot less making it again uh, a lot less likely to make it again um, so yeah I'm going to throw in the sort of the controversial answer that I'm, I'm quite happy with how I've done things I probably could have done things better no doubt um, and probably so what would what would it be them. that you would be improving on if it was better what was it what would it be what part if you can um, just like mention two or three 
I think I've been quite naive sometimes with people who I've worked with. That's probably, I won't mention two or three, but I, that's probably the main one is I, I, I've put, I've probably, my biggest thing is being quite naive with people um, and probably giving people the benefit. Yeah, probably giving <laughs> pe- people the benefit of the doubt when I shouldn't have. Um, and that's actually meant today that I am, ex- well, not naive at all. When working with people, I see things very clean cut um, and it's taught me to be a lot more strong straight straight talking with people um i I think you know you'll vouch for it i'm extremely clean cut when it when it comes to saying what i think um and i don't think there's enough of that um and that that sort of comes back to this point where i've let people um take a proportion of my success when they haven't really deserved it um, and it's actually been, I've, I've had a couple bad business partners um, who obviously won't, won't mention their names, but I'm sure if they're listening to this, they'll know that I'm on about them. Um, I've had a couple bad business partners who I wish that I would have never got involved with. Um, and if I were to do things differently, I would say, rather than rushing into things, take a bit of a backward step. Because um, I'm very much rush, 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 you know, if it looks good on the surface, it must be good. Um, uh, so that's what I say, you know, take a bit of a backward, backward step, a bit more of an objective view of things. Um, and yeah, pro- probably do that side of things differently. You, you're not, you're, you did exactly, you said something very similar to what Dean said. So it's about yeah. actual people and, and, and that's an important thing probably to consider when it comes to choosing who you partner yeah. with. It's, it's, I think it's a common problem. I see a pattern emerging at the yeah. moment. Well, ju- just, just some advice for anyone listening uh, to this is a lot of people promise that they can talk the talk. Um, it's that same, but can they walk the walk? And um, you know, Aisha, you know, I'm on, always on about the 1% of people. 1% of people will actually do and deliver what they say. And I strive to be in that 1%. Um, 99% of the people will not, 99% of the people listening to this right now will, will, will be in that stage. But just, just try being the 1% of if you're going to deliver to some to someone, do it. Um, if someone says they're going to deliver something to you, no matter how well it's dressed up or how good it looks, it's probably an ulterior motive. So we just take that backward step initially and just review it and then move forward. I think it's a good point, point you have raised as well. Um, moving on from there, actually, um, this, this is, can be something very um, personal, but I want yeah. to bring out the human Lewis, not the businessman yeah. Lewis. So yeah. what is your greatest fear? Yeah, so, um, I mean, my greatest fear is, is, is failure probably. I mean, I, I have set the, my standard, as I mentioned, I've set the bar so high for myself. Um, not, from a, not even from a superficial point of view as in anyone looking else out on me my career my persona anything like that mm. but like i um i just want to be successful like i i've had this thing ever since i, I was younger up away from the rugby i just wanted to be successful and um, not have to worry about money anything like that um i essentially you know i'm i'm a, there's this guy called alton mayo who wrote this theory of motivation that um, money incentives motivate people and i just want to be rich basically in in, in the nuts out uh, it sounds it sounds a bit as i said a bit superficial, but I, I want to be rich and not have to worry about money. None of my family have to worry about money or anything to do with that. And sort of, as I said, if I don't meet that bar for myself, I set my, a bar for myself some certain sort of indicators by the time I'm 30 years old. If I don't meet that, that really scares me. Um, and, and that's probably my, my biggest sort of fear is failure within myself. And how do you cope with that feeling generally? 
I think that it's just a case of even that, like that, again, I've referred to this bar, that imaginary bar for, that I've set for myself, mm. is that I've got time to achieve it. Like it's, I think they're very achievable things. While they're very high standards, they're still very achievable. Um, and that's how I cope with it, is that I can do it. It's, but it's a case of it's down to me. No one else is going to decide that for me. No one else is going to do it for me. Um, it's in, it, within my hands. And I almost, I really enjoy pressure. I really enjoy being put under pressure. Um, and it's almost the case of it's only me who's going to decide it. Um, and I, I almost thrive off the case of, well, if it's only me who's going to decide it, it, it's in my hands. Um, and I enjoy that sort of pressure. So that's probably how I cope with it. It's sort of a catch-22 where got this one side of things you know the, the fear of failure but i've got this other side of where i sort of enjoy that pressure and they revolve around each other in this balance so basically the pressure makes you thrive in a way it makes you too exactly stuff yeah 100 and I, I think that's how most people who are successful and good at what they do you have to have that quality that's a good that's a good quality to have and also something to consider for other people who are probably listening to this everyone has got self-doubt even you even me everybody when you start something new when you start your own business and for you when this self-doubt creeps in you know when you start feeling like you start doubting yourself doubting your ability mm. what do you say or do to yourself or do to get out of that mm. i mean i think i think it's a very good point because um as you said, everyone has some some point of self doubt. You might still have um, it, you know. Um, just yeah, think? yeah. Well, I mean, I I come across as probably one of the most confident people you'll ever meet. But on the surface, that is just the surface. Everyone obviously has has demons that they're dealing with, um, and little li little things that are going on inside their head. Um, I think that the best way to deal with it sometimes is. Um, you know, take yourself away from the situation. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm extremely close to my family. I have a great network of people behind me, um, have great friends, um, still enjoy being very active with sport and that sort of thing. Um, so if it's me, if I'm just having a real bad day at work, for example, which is mainly where most of my problems come from, I don't really have any, 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 any massive issues in my personal life. But um, if I'm just having a bad day at work, I'll just cut it. Um, it doesn't matter if it's 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll just cut it and draw a line under it. I'll go outside, I'll go for a run, go for a, a cycle or something or, or take the dogs for a walk. And, and that's really what helps me clear my mind and sort of move on. Yeah. So basically you tell yourself, I must be doing, I need to do something instead of like reliving that kind of thought yeah. pattern in your head. Yeah. I mean, as I said, like you can almost associate it to this point about mistakes is um, I don't see the point with me personally, how I deal with it, dwelling on, dwelling on things. If something goes wrong in my day or if I'm feeling, you know, particularly under pressure or that, you know, something's particularly getting on my back, I just draw a line under it because ultimately my opinion is, you know, things are always going to go wrong. Uh, things are always going to make you feel a certain way. But there's only so much as an individual that I can control personally. Um, and I think if I'm doing everything to control what I can personally, um, but it's still not going my way, things aren't going my way, you may as well just cut a line under it and walk away from it 
and deal with it tomorrow if that's what it takes or deal with it next week or next month or next year or don't deal with it at all which would probably go against what you'd advise um, but but that's my opinion you know if you can't win with some things only so much is within my control but what i'll do is the maximum amount to maintain the control um i actually like that <laughs> um have you i'm not sure if you're familiar with imposter syndrome uh, it's basically i don't know whether you've struggled with it it's a phenomenon that occurs to high achievers so people even doctors scientists everyone where you feel like you're a fraud like someone will discover you very soon because you're not good at something and, and you feel like uh, many people do it's not it's, it's a natural phenomenon it's just a fear of feeling mm. not good enough to fulfill the job for the people's expectations so it's a natural yeah. fear that people go through it's called an imposter syndrome but it's not real yeah. but it's yeah. just this is the feeling you get from inside so yeah. have you ever struggled with that actually uh yeah i, th I think actually for, sh for sure i mean um one of one of the things i i really have tried to build the foundations of my business is on is, is um, customer support. I'm really doing the right thing that's by, uh, right thing that's by our customer. Um, it's important to me that if someone is parting with their hard-earned money um, or resources or whatever you're getting from them in, in um, sort of in response for the service that you're giving, that you you provide them with real value. Um, and I think that can be a massive issue with people who are really passionate about their businesses. Um, is that if you're not providing someone when they're paying you essentially with the, the utmost quality service, even things, if it's out of your control, that can really personally, like me, get me down. Um, mm. I think there's, there's always, I mean, you mentioned like being a fraud or that sort of thing. I mean, there's always an ele element of any salesman will tell you of being able to not lie or um, anything like that, but you've got to bend the odds in your favor if you're a salesman. But there's a line in which you take take that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes um, in this world, especially that we live in today, there's a lot of things going on where people cross that line. Um, yeah. And I'm always very conscious that I'd never want to cross that line because I ultimately, um, as the founder as well, you know, if any of the people I were to employ were doing this, I'd be extremely annoyed with them. Um, but as a founder of a business, I'd always want to make sure that people get that maximum satisfaction. Um, and we're really truthful about what we do. That's important because um, there's too many scams going on. There's too many frauds going on yeah. in the world um, and people don't need it, basically. But it's it's not your being a fraud. It's more of a, the feeling you get that uh, you might not be good at something. So people usually act and try more, for example, from yeah, the customers like, like over, to work over. harder to actually do a better job. So you feel, but yeah. it's just in our, a lot of people yeah. go through <laughs> it. Some people cope with it well. Some people don't. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I fully. I, I mean, I, I fully get it. Like, um, you know, my, one of the co-founders of Social Ninety, Henry. You know, he he tell me that sometimes I am sort of over deliver almost, like almost burn myself out. Um, he sort of Henry's constantly saying to me, you know, make sure we're sticking to the confines of the package the package in which we promised to supply you know it's good to go and above and beyond which i like to, yeah, think to do with all, all of our clients but then there's a line in which you know say for example uh, a 500 pound package becomes a thousand pound package and actually you're 500 pound out of pocket because all the extra work that you're doing but i think this is especially prevalent 
in startup businesses and smaller businesses because all those all those founders of the businesses want to do is just over deliver and just keep that customer on and keep them happy and pleased and then you almost have to draw it back and think right is this actually worth the time now i'm definitely i'm definitely guilty of that uh because i just like to you know i am a bit of a people pleaser i like to yeah. keep my, my clients happy and make sure they're getting the value for money and that sort of thing yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that, actually, because it's good. It's good to actually over deliver and do things, but it's it's a feeling that's driving you to yeah. actually. You've got to tiptoe that line. You've got to tiptoe the line. Yeah, it's more of an experience. It comes with life experiences, I guess. Yeah, I think you've answered one of the questions about like whenever you feel down. Um, you already said that you do go for like do stuff, uh, but what is it that actually motivates you, like to make you get up in the morning and and like you know just do it and, and say it and just, you know, that motivation, yeah. internal, intrinsic motivation. Uh, what is, yeah. how do you motivate yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I touched upon it is like, I, I'm a massive believer in sort of, uh, I'm a capitalist, for example. So I'm a massive believer in sort of getting, getting paid in return for a service. Um, and I, I, I very much now have got to the point from a young age where I know if I can earn enough money to, I can afford nice things for myself and do nice things with my, uh, in my life. And that very much motivates me as experiences um, and spending time with the people I love doing nice things. Um, yeah. And sort of from running my own business from a young age, that's attuned me to the fact that you can do those nice things. And it's a lot easier to do those nice things and travel and, you know, go, go for nice dinners or drive a nice car. You can do that if you work hard and really set, again, cliche, set your mind to it. That's probably my um, my biggest motivator. I mean, I um, even when you're down, even when you feel down, what is it that you, you tell yourself? It's like, no, get up, Lewis. You need to yeah. go and get it. Like, you know, is that kind of what do you actually say to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it, as it's, as I said, it, it's a case of that. I think as a as a business owner, you don't really have a choice. You know, if if, yeah. if I don't get out of bed in the morning, I, I don't get paid, and that means I can't live. Um, that's obviously quite dramatic dramatic sort of Simple. way of putting it but when I, when I say I can't live in terms of I can't go out and uh, I can't go out and buy food or I can't go out and pay my phone bill or I can't go out and pay for my car or something like that so as a business owner I think you know that's unfortunate you know one of the luxuries is working when you want that's one of the luxuries but one of the sort of downfalls of being a business owner is um, you have to get out of bed and work in the morning now so you, you don't have a livelihood um, I was fortunate enough um, and it's one of the examples that I always use is I was fortunate enough um, to be in the position when I turned 21 to buy my dream car. Um, and it's not a position that many people get to be in at that age. And when I say my dream car, you know, it wasn't the dream car of like whatever. It was my, if I was 40 years old, it would still be my dream car. Um, and one of the things that I think about when I get up in the morning is to be able to have that dream car. I've got to get out of bed in the morning. I've got to do work. I've got to get clients on board. I've got to make sure for my current clients that I'm putting in a shift for them, making sure they're happy, and making sure I'm overseeing my team. And that's basically when I'm down. I know it sounds silly, but my car makes me happy. Driving my car makes me happy. Rewarding myself with that made me happy. Um, so when I'm down, I just think, right, to, to have that happiness and have that car, you know, I've got to, got to work for it. And I, uh, something to mention is I do really enjoy my job. Like it, it, I don't see my job as, as a chore. Um, and part of that is because I've, I've fine-tuned it to be like that. But um, I'm not one of them people who think gets out of bed in the morning and thinks, oh, I've got, got to go to work today. 
Um, I, I really do like my job and connecting with my clients. It's amazing. That's really, really important to love your job and what, like what you do. I think that's what why people go down in the entrepreneurial pathway, anyways. Yeah. So let's get to well, it's like it. you, you, you love you. I know that what why you do what you do um, is because you love it, um, and I think that almost as well makes you better at your job. Um, like if, if you genuinely have a passion for it and genuinely want in your position to help people, then it's not a job. It doesn't feel. I think you did no. an Instagram post the other other day on it. Actually, you'll never work a day in your life if you. If you enjoy your job, um, and that for me is very important. I, I, I strongly believe in that as well, because once if you love something, then you don't feel like it's work. But the downside of it, you're going to be spending most of your time doing it. Yeah. That <laughs> can take a toll sometimes, but it's all good. Yeah. Um, another direction would be, how do you find your inner peace? Well, I don't know if I've ever found it, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but but uh, maybe you can give me some advice on it. But um, I mean, for me, one of my favorite things to do is traveling. Um, like I I, um, I don't feel any any more relaxed than when I'm sort of on holiday, just chilling, experiencing new things. Um, I went to Bali uh, last year, and it's a bit uh, a bit whatever because I know it's sort of the influencer hotspot at the moment. But yeah. like I literally had the most fun in Bali than I've ever had before. I like, just felt the most relaxed and chilled out. Um, just for like, especially because the time difference there, when most of my clients were awake, I was asleep. So sort of was dealing with things sort of a day ahead or a day behind the way you want to look at it. Um, but yeah, sort of traveling for me, like I'm no happier than when I'm on holiday. So uh, what I mean is like, for example, if you had a chaotic day, how do you go and just get yourself in relaxed state? or peace yeah. like some people meditate some people go walk, walk in nature yeah some people sing i don't know um, like they find yeah. their, some people pray so yeah. for you what is that, that uh, i wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say that i have like a, a particular ritual or something okay. like that um but what i found from very early on when i started running my first business was it's very easy to get sucked into the issue of you know, you've got to put the work in when, you, when you're starting your own business. So please don't, I don't want this to sound like I'm not saying that. You definitely have to put in the 20-hour days. Um, but it's very easy to not switch off and constantly go. Um, yeah. And I found that is not healthy. Um, like, you know, it's not healthy to wake up at six in the morning and be staying awake until four in the morning the next day and then <laughs> get in two hours. Yeah, I know what you do. I've, I've told you off about this before. Um, but, I used to have so, a good routine, but like, it's yeah, got, You yeah. slipped out of it. I keep I know. Off, I know. <laughs> but you need to, you need to be able to, and it is very much, I, I approach it as a skill, to be honest with you. It's a skill that you develop from experience, like you said, but you very much need to be able to draw that line and say, right, you know, from this time, I'm not answering any more emails. I'm not taking any more yeah. calls. I'm switching off. And yeah. there is a time for answering the odd email at 10 o'clock in the evening, because that's what's going to set your business aside from everyone else. Or there's the time for, you know, responding to that WhatsApp at eleven o'clock in the evening. Um, but if it if it if needs must, you need to be able to say to yourself, right, um, you know, 
I'm switching off now. I'm going to go on a walk or I'm going to go and have a nice meal with a family or, you know, I'm going to watch some TV or some Netflix or that sort of thing. And I'm just going to chill and have some me time because, mm-hmm. you know, as well as self-development, you know, self-love is quite, quite important. Never mm-hmm. thought I'd hear myself say that, that phrase. That's, self-love, that's, but it, it, yeah. It's true though. It is true. You have to it, love it yourself. Quite, yeah. 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 Do you think you found your life purpose and passion? Um, I don't not, think it's I ha- an ongoing process for you. Yeah, I, I was about to say I, I don't think I've found my life purpose because I still think, even though I feel like I've achieved quite a lot in terms of my path, um, I probably don't think that I've achieved my life purpose just yet because I don't really know what that is. Um, I, I'm well, maybe it'll become apparent um, in, in in the coming future. Um, but I mean, what I would say uh, is I'm happy. Um, doing what I'm doing um, I feel like every day when I get up I'm happy uh, even during the current circumstances it sounds silly but personally my mental well-being and my mental health for me personally hasn't been too much effective, uh, affected I, I, I've actually enjoyed being at home and spending time with the family um, and enjoyed going and taking my dog on a walk um, every day that, that sort of thing um, so at this moment in time, I'd say I probably haven't found my purpose, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, it's a journey anyways uh, exactly. people go through. Since you are have running multiple businesses and also have a probably personal life and um, a health, so how, as a, as a startup entrepreneur, how do, you, how do you actually balance all that? Or do, there is no pattern to it? So my um, question, yeah, so because... It's really hard to juggle. A lot of people are not juggling this very well, but he seems to be having it kind of in a in a yeah. good way. So how, how do you do it? What do you do? Um, I mean, I'm I'm by no by no means do I think that I have all the answers. And I think everyone's got their own way of doing yeah. things that works for them and that they're most efficient in. But one of the things that was really important to me when I first set my first business um, was I'm. Um, I think I mentioned it, the four-hour work week. It's this book wrote by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. And basically, he's saying that you, your success in life is governed by a few, what these things are called Ws. Um, so it's like, for example, it's not all about monetary value or, or stuff like that, but it's about where you are when you're working, who you're working with, who you're spending your time with. And, and that all has you know, a re- reward incentive attached to it. Um, so one of my things, as I said, you know, drawing back to it where at the start of the question is I set up did my businesses to be quite autonomous um, and as long as I had my laptop I could work from anywhere in the world um, and this is something that I'm a big believer in is it's this culture of being a social nomad um, and I was I thought that way anyway but last year when I was in Bali there's a massive culture of being a so, of, of social nomad um, out there as long as you do your work, it doesn't matter if you're working from 10 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon or 10 in the morning till 5 p.m. in the evening or 5 p.m. in the evening till 12 at night. As long as you're getting the work done yeah. and then some, you're achieving your goals. Um, so I think one of the, the main factor that's allowed me to juggle so many things is if, I'm, if I have Wi-Fi and if I have a laptop, I can do, can do my work and there's... Um, a certain level of autonomy being set up with all the businesses to make sure that we get the maximum output with minimum input. Um, and minimum input, I don't mean minimum rule. effort. What was that, sorry? 80-20 rule. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So m- minimum input doesn't um, 
doesn't mean minimum effort by any means. Um, minimum input just means getting the absolute maximum out of what, what you can. Um, so, so that's essentially how I'm able to, without going into too much detail, yeah. how I do it, how I'm able to juggle, juggle everything. That's, that's a good way of looking at it. So everyone's got yeah. a different way of looking at it, but it's nice to know your kind of way of, of how you're juggling that. The, um, there's, there's, sorry, there's, there's, there's no reason now in the day and the world we live in with the technology that we have that you can't make money sitting on your phone or even on your laptop yeah, where you have Wi-Fi. Cool. There's so many opportunities out there to do it. It's just about grasping them. Many people don't are not aware of it. So first step is getting being exactly, aware yeah. where these opportunities lie, basically. 100%. What are the top three habits that made a significant improvement in your life? Ah, okay. Good question. Probably have to think about that a little bit. But it's fine. I'd you can say, think. <laughs> I'd say routine. Like, don't be sporadic within your routine, especially working from home a lot because of, um, obviously, coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, Routine, definitely. Get yourself in a routine. Um, Realise that there are a lot of hours in the day to achieve stuff. Um, So, you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, iPhone actually has a setting now where you can see how much time you're spending on the screen. Um, But you'd be surprised how much time in in your day you'll spend about messing about on, like, flicking through Instagram or flicking through Twitter or Facebook or, like, just scrolling. Wasting time. Yeah, just wasting time. There is so much time in your day that you can achieve stuff. So routine number one. Number two, not wasting time on irrelevant things. So uh, we have one of the uh, rules within my businesses that uh, one minute is a lot of time. You can achieve so much in one minute. Um, you can uh, you can send an email. You can schedule, a, like I, t- I say this on digital marketing, perspective but you can send an email in one minute you can schedule a post in one minute you can get a client on board in one minute you can call someone in one minute you can tell someone you love them in one minute you can hug someone in one minute you can that's do amazing this. yeah you you can you can you know do so much stuff in one minute so think how much you can do in 60 minutes um think how much you can do you know in eight hours of a working day in 10 hours in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year. And that's really one of the foundations that we have within, within sort of social 90. It's literally one of the rules that we have wrote up, uh, sorry, written up on our, on our wall. That's an amazing rule. That's a, an amazing way of to put it out there and to think about mm. uh, how you're going to spend your day. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you um, in terms of like people who are still starting out as basically entrepreneurial tricks to discover that you discovered that kept you focused on day-to-day schedule on a busy day. What would be like, I don't know, entrepreneurial tricks that you might have discovered aside from the one you just told me because that's habits. But like, Yeah, sure. I mean, what, one of the things I, uh, I'd say is... To keep um, you like get, focused and productive. Yeah. Um, in terms of being focused and productive, um, I'll just switch my, switch my phone off. Like, if I know that no one's going to call me or I haven't got any meetings, I'll just switch my phone off. Like, it's the biggest distraction having a phone next to you, especially in the world we live in because I know it's my job, but there are so many distractions in terms of social media. Uh, like, social media is literally built to be addictive. Um, so switch your phone off or, or, or put it on mute or something like that uh, so people can still get hold of you if it's urgent, but switch, switch your phone off. Um, 
Number two, I'd say, is get really good at speaking to people and being a people person. Um, a lot of the time, people like say, oh, I'm not a people person because they think it's cool to say that or they think it, it, it's like cool or funny to say that they're not they're a bit of a grouch or they're a bit unsocial. Like, there's a thing at the moment that people say, like, they're not social or anything like that. Not a people um, person. But, yeah, not a people person. But if, if you want to be successful... I'm telling you that you need to be a pe- people person. You need to get to know people and how people work and how people think. Um, I was reading a um, an article by this uh, guy called Chris Voss, um, who is um, basically an ex-FBI negotiator, um, and he teaches uh, people how to negotiate for his company called Black Swan Group now. And basically he was saying that negotiation a lot of the time is not about two opinions it's not about me versus you for example it's actually about me firstly having my opinion but then understanding your opinion first and then there's that middle ground and getting you to understand the middle ground not getting you to understand my opinion um and that comes back to this people person skill is you can do a lot by being a people person you'd be surprised how much you can achieve by just generally being able to hold a conversation with someone and you'll also be surprised by how many people can't do that and the lack of life, what I, I'd ascertain is life skills people don't have. So that'd be sort of point number two. Uh, and then point number three is um, be the best at what you do. And, sh- and if you're not, strive to be the best at, at what you do. Um, make, uh, make, tell the customer what they want. Um, whatever product or service you're selling um, or marketing, is if you're the best at it, you, you're literally taking the decision um, out of the customer's hands as to why they should choose someone else as opposed to choosing you. Um, I am fully under the belief that you shouldn't try to do something if you don't intend on being the best at what you're doing. Um, if you're setting up a business selling, I don't know, what's the most random inanimate object, bricks or something to build a house, you're setting up a business that's going to sell bricks Mm. Why are they the best bricks? Why should people use them to build their houses as opposed to someone else who sells bricks or something like that? Um, so that would be point number three. Strive to be the best because nine out of ten times, if you strive to be the best, you will be the best. Um, and that just, as I said, eliminates any doubt in a potential customer's mind. Yeah. It's a really, really good way of like putting a good advice for someone who's an entrepreneur or starting up uh, to be one. This is more, the next question is more of a personal view is, is how do you actually want to change the world and the ultimate vision for yourself? What is it? What is the ultimate uh, vision for yourself as a human being? So, So on, on this earth, like you feel, what is that vision of yours and what change do you want to see in the world? Sure. Tricky one, tricky one, because there's, there's a lot of change. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so much to choose from, but in terms of like one point, um, I believe offering opportunity um, to people who um, to people who necessarily wouldn't have opportunity normally in maybe more um, socio and economically deprived areas. Um, I think it's very easy for people to say that you can be anything that you want to be. Um, and this sort of um, goes in opposition to what I've just said in your last question, but you can't be a lot of the time. A lot of people can't be what they want to be. Um, and it is rubbish um, when someone says that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. 
because you can't. Sometimes people don't have the opportunities to be able to do that. Um, so I, I'd say trying to make opportunities for the more economically and socioeconomically uh, deprived people available. Um, you know, centralised Africa, people who are dealing with famine and drought uh, and that sort of thing aren't going to have the same opportunities as someone in, uh, you know, central Birmingham. I'm not saying that, um, not saying that you know, people in central Birmingham don't have issues or central London don't have issues, mm. but they're still going to have more opportunity than those people in central Africa. Um, and I, I think that is a big, uh, a big sitter with me, which is why I'm involved with a, a company called Connex Events, um, which aims to offer um, more opportunities, knowledge and, and networking um, to more socially, uh, socially and economically deprived uh, students within the UK at the moment. Um, and that's when I, I hold very close to my heart. So basically you want to provide, be able to change the world by providing opportunities to people who are deprived and don't have these kind of opportunities. Yeah, because, because I think there's uh, a massive catchment of people who probably slip through the net, who don't reach their full potential because they don't have the opportunity yeah. to. And it's very easy for me to sit here as, you know, a middle class, probably white person um, saying that I've, uh, I've, done, I've done well for myself. Um, but equally, you know, there's a lot of people that I think slip through the net of doing well for themselves and that's through no fault of their own. It's through a fault of either injustices within the system um, or the way that um, the country in which they live in um, is run. Um, I, I think, yeah, if, you know, if I were to snap my fingers and be able to change something tomorrow, it would be to, to ensure that opportunities are available for everyone, no matter race, gender, um, age even, because there's a, there's a massive stigma towards a young person doing well for some reason yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, that, that would be sort of the main thing if, if I could change. Um, I have two more last questions before we end. Um, yeah. What legacy do you want to leave behind? What is it? Have you ever thought of that? Like, what is it um, that you want to leave behind? I'm not too, you know, I'm not too, um, never really thought about it, to be honest with you. Like, a legacy is a big thing. Like, when I think of legacies, like, I think of, I don't know, um, like the Roman Empire or um, things like that, massive things. But I suppose the legacy can be actually quite a small thing that just makes a difference. Um, but... I suppose I suppose it may be quite a question that's too hard for me to answer at this point in my life because I don't think I know my my purpose yet, as we said before. So yeah. therefore, I don't really know my legacy. Um, but what There's I would something say, to think about, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something to think about. But what 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 I would say is like as long as I'm enjoying my life, having fun, that sort of thing, spending time with who I want to spend time with, traveling where I want to travel. And in actual fact, I'm not too worried about like leaving a legacy. I just want to enjoy my life for, for what it is, uh, not for what I superficially might have to leave behind. Yeah. Um, well, my last question for you today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being patient and answering all these questions that I've been throwing at all you. Right, no, that you probably it. never thought of some of them at least. <laughs> um, this is probably something you probably never thought of as well, uh, but this is something that if you were to leave Earth today, if you were to die today, okay, what are the three unique pieces of knowledge or wisdom you have experienced from your life that you would give to your family or a people? 
Yeah. Okay, what so would be the, the no, yeah. I think I know, that is a very good question. Might only be able to give you a couple of things instead of three. That's fine. Um, but number one is um, never take anything for granted. Um, like that happened for me. I thought I was going to be a professional rugby player and that my life was going to be made and sorted. Now, as I said, within a blink of a second, not even that that slow, probably probably quicker than that, my life has changed forever. Um, and that completely set me on a different path. And I would have never have foreseen that. You know, I never would have foreseen getting injured and not being able to play professional rugby anymore. So that's, that's number one, is, is never take anything for granted. Um, number two is, um, you know, you can't undo the past. So, you know, people say live with your demons or, or stuff like that, but I don't necessarily agree with that is, um, you know, just move on from your past. You can't change it. You know, hindsight's a great thing, but you can't, can't change your past. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. Everyone equally, you know, has made mistakes um, and you just got to move on from And number three um, is just um, don't maybe take every day by day. Uh, sorry, take every day, day by day. Um, just purely because um, I don't think anyone, especially in the world we're living in at the moment, it's been sort of proven that you can't really predict too far ahead in the future or you can't really make plans for 20 or 30 years time or you know set out this utopian um this utopian sort of paradise that you're going to be living in in the next however long and um, like set yourself goals by any, all means which is obviously what i've touched upon um but take every day day by day um you know don't stress out too much if you don't achieve something in the time frame that you wanted to achieve it in um as long as you're working towards that goal the idea is you will eventually reach it um, so they'd probably be my my three little my three little bits of of wisdom. Thank you so much. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much for actually sharing the that side of you. That probably I don't know if you had other people ask you these questions, but like no, definitely have, <laughs> So it's good to have uh, to drill that side of you and find out more. If, is there anything else you want to say to add? And also, can you tell the people how to get in touch with you or reach out to you? Is there a specific sure. thing you favor, like some like uh, way of contacting you? Yeah, sure. So no, no, just to start. With, like, I've never had those those sorts of questions asked. So it's actually giving me. I feel like it's giving me a lot to think about answering them. Actually, um, it probably would have like to give a little bit more thought into a couple of them. Um, so no, it's giving me a lot to think about. Um, people can follow me. Uh, on social media um, through Social90, which is at S90media, um, or they can add me on LinkedIn, which is just Lewis Evitt, L-U-I-S-E-V-I-T-T. Uh, it'd be great to connect with people. And uh, no, it's been really enjoyable. It's been like my first podcast. So, uh, oh, wow. Really okay, I didn't know that. Well, first podcast answering the questions, should we say. So it's different okay. to be put on the spot as opposed to putting people on the spot. Thanks for that. Thanks a lot for for actually sharing your thoughts. Looking forward to speak to you again in, in the future. No worries, guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today, everyone. To automatically receive the latest episode, please subscribe. And if you'd like to support the show, please share with one friend that you can help. And if you find it helpful, then please leave a review and comment on who you would also like to see as a guest in the future episodes. You can also message Message me directly on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Dr. Aisha Al Sheikh at D R A I S H A A L S H E I K H. Keep working on your dreams to make them reality. 
and have a great morning, afternoon or evening wherever you are in the world.